guys, welcome back. We're so happy that you're here. And today we are going to be diving into something a little bit different. I feel like we say that in every episode, though. Yeah. If <laughs> <laughs> By now, if you haven't noticed, we don't really have a theme per se. Like, we don't talk about just one thing, like career or love or something. We I kind think of, our theme is just like our life. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. We just kind of talk about whatever we're in the mood for. Um, in that particular time that we're recording. And when I chose this topic, I was really into writing. I mean, I'm still into writing, but like I really wanted to talk about this. Uh, and I'm still like, really excited to talk about this. And I think it might be more than just one part because it's a lot of information that I want us to talk about. And I don't want to overwhelm us and the people listening with all of this. So I think we're going to do this in multiple parts, not like the next few will be this, like maybe we'll do part one right now. And then maybe in the future, we'll do part two, if it's something that you guys are interested in listening. Yeah. Um, so writing, we've kind of made hints in the past that we're writers. I think we've mentioned it a couple of times, but we've never really talked about our writing per se. And for this first part, I really want to focus more on introducing ourselves as writers and that's hard with for me I think that's hard because the best way to introduce yourself as a writer is for people to actually read your writing um but we're gonna try we're gonna have a little fun and if you're not into writing I would still encourage you to listen because maybe you'll be inspired to write um and if you're a new writer yeah or something else and we're not just going to be talking, like, we're not going to be doing, like, book definition about writing. We're not here to teach you writing. We're just going to talk about kind of, like, our writing and how we started on it. Um, and with that, I want to ask, what genre do you like to write? Because for me, I kind of always somehow end up writing or coming up with ideas for sci-fi and fantasy. And that is what I read the most of, spe specifically fantasy for young adults. But I don't know if that's why I write fantasy. I really do like the genre. It, I Like a majority of my stories fall within that category of sci-fi fantasy. But I don't know. Like, I know we, we talked about this before. Of like, should you only be reading what you or writing what you're reading and it's something we can go into now, I guess. But how, like, what what genre do you like, and do you agree with the whole you need to write what you're reading kind of thing? Um, so I I tend to write fiction, and I don't I don't really do sci-fi. Not that I don't like it. It's just not. I don't end up doing stories of sci-fi most of the times. I end up doing like just like contemporary fiction or new adult fiction, which are actual genres that I had to look up after when I first started writing my book because I was like oh I have to market myself what and I had to figure out what type of genre I was the whole do you have to write I mean read what you write is something that I always thought was interesting because it depends I think it depends on on it on why you're reading really are you reading because you just want to have fun you just want to relax or are you trying to like research into your into your craft so I think it depends. And I, the thing is, I think that you can learn from any of them because most books in general, they have like the basics, like they have 
the setting and the character development and all that, like each genre will have something different. Like if it's historical fiction, you'll have to have a lot of history. If it's sci-fi, you're going to have to have world building. But I think you can learn from any of them, really. So I don't necessarily think you have to read only what you write, because I think that sometimes when you only read what you write, you can end up kind of getting stuck. And I think that you can get inspiration from other types of things. Actually, funnily enough, the only, like, yesterday when we were going to record, I was like, I don't want to talk about writing. (laughs) And it was because, it was because, like, I haven't really been writing, and I felt like a fraud talking about writing when it's been, like, three months since I wrote anything. And I've had, like, all these moments where I'm like, oh, I should be writing, but because I, I had, like, a big project I was working on, like, I didn't sit down to write at all. But yesterday, I got this book that I ordered called Fix Your Period by Nicole Jardim. It's a nonfiction book about like, because I I have all these problems with my period. And like I said, in one of the first episodes, I had to go to the hospital because I had a a cyst uh, explode. So and I've been trying to figure out how to treat that without taking the pill. And so I got this this book and the lady talks about like how we can do this naturally. And reading this book, I got it. I literally got it yesterday. I was reading it last night. Because I was exciting, excited about <laughs> fixing my period. I got an, a story idea. And this hasn't happened to me in years that, like, I literally, it was nighttime. It was, like, 11, and I was falling asleep because I had been reading since 6. And when I read too long, especially nonfiction, I get, I get sleep. I decided, oh, I'm going to go to sleep early today. It's 11, like, 30, whatever. I'll go to sleep. It'll be nice. I hadn't, like, been able to fall asleep that early. So I closed the book. I lay on my pillow, I turn off the lights, I put on my sleeping mask. Guess what? Story idea pops into my head, which, like, I've seen memes of this happen where, like, you're trying to sleep and then the story idea pops into your head and you can't sleep. But that hasn't happened to me since I was, like, 19. I've had story ideas, but I just kind of, like, brush them off and I'm like, oh, I'll write it tomorrow. I'm too tired. I was really tired. But I literally, I put my pillow, on my head on my pillow, and my head started writing the story while I was trying to sleep. So it started like the conversation of like the per- the two characters started happening yeah. in my head. Like they were literally talking <laughs> and the story was being built as I was trying to sleep in my head, which I haven't done that in so long that I had to get up to write. So it felt kind of nice to have that feeling where I have to get the story out and I literally can't do anything but write the story because it's like consuming me, which I haven't felt in a long time. Like I have written and I have had like a story being put together throughout my day and stuff but it hasn't been to the to the point where like I have to grab my computer and write otherwise I can't get through whatever I'm trying to get through and that was what kind of made me excited about recording today about writing was because I was like oh my god I wrote a short story I didn't finish it because it was like 1 or 2 a.m and I was like I wrote you know I wrote like almost 1500 words and then I was like you know what I'm going to write this paragraph mm-hmm. about what happens next and I'm gonna go to bed <laughs> but like I said I got I literally was reading a book about how to fix my period and I got an idea for a fiction short story <laughs> so I don't know I think sometimes getting out of your comfort zone out of what you normally read I mean I think it's good to look at what you write and read it so that you can see more of like how you can put it together and how the setting is put together but sometimes reading outside of that is what gives you the ideas like I never get story ideas from reading I normally get them from like something completely different from what I write so I thought that was interesting yeah I definitely agree that you should read outside of your genre because if if from a marketing perspective um if you write a book 
you already have an audience there with that genre. But if you're trying to reach outside of your genre, you need to know what else is out there. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I definitely, I like reading thrillers a lot. And I like reading. Yeah, me too. I like psychological thrillers. Those are so good. I like reading some. Yeah, those are fun. And I, I have like, I just finished reading one like about a month ago and I've been trying to pick up another one, but I just honestly haven't given myself time to read, but I like reading a lot of that. I've tried reading contemporary, but I don't know. I have an odd relationship with books about regular people's lives. I just don't find them that interesting. And it's rare for me to find a book about contemporary where, or that is contemporary where I'm like, oh, this is, you know, this is what, Mm -hmm. This is really good. Um, So I think that's maybe why I don't write that genre. But I have read good books within that genre. Um, And so I want to kind of, I want to go into two things that you mentioned. The first one is the audience. Because you know how like you can either write for young adult, children's Mm -hmm. books, adults. And I've, so I recently found the new adult genre or not, I don't even know if it's genre but it would be like a I guess an I think audience. it's more of like an upcoming genre yeah and I'm so excited because so a quick description of what new adult is for me um you can google the definition if you want to like we can do that but for me when I was researching new adult it's kind of like that age between 18 and 30 I think early like 30 or like early 20s like mid 20s which and we've talked about this I so we're both 25-ish around that area. And, well, yeah, we're both 25. I don't <laughs> <laughs> we're both 25. And one of the, the hardest things for me right now as a consumer of books is finding a book with a main character, not only that I can kind of understand in a cultural way, but in an age range. Because, like, I mm-hmm. read books now that are young adult and I have to be honest, they're really whiny for some reason. I don't I don't have yes. the same connection with them anymore. Um some of them are okay and some of the YA books that I do read, the characters, especially in fantasy, they are a little bit they seem a little bit older. Like they do a lot of things where you're like, Are you eighteen? But then they end up being like fifteen. So like those I I'm okay with because <laughs> I can kind of understand them at that 18 year old, but like I was reading a book the other day and I just felt like it was so incredibly, like the characters were so whiny and it's like a really popular book. And I was like, how, how are people liking this? And it's not the storyline. So I guess that's why. Was it young adult? Yes, it was young adult. And it's like a really popular fantasy book. And I finished the whole series because like I felt like committed to it, but I couldn't with the main character. I was like, you're so whiny. How are, Mm -hmm. how are you doing? How can you be like this? And but then I think the I think the young adult sorry I think the young adult genre is I think the word young adult is like misused yeah because young it's really just for teens like it's for people in their middle school and like early high school mm-hmm. really and I think young adult makes it sound like new adult which is like twenties yeah. I think and I think that's the problem because when you're reading it because those were the types of books I would read when I was like in middle school yeah, and, and in high school. high school and I understood yeah, the so characters at that age now they're whiny because at that age you're whiny <laughs> hell and it's just like the characters are they do things where, where you remind yourself oh that's right you're this is your first love this is your first like whatever it is and not to say that they're written bad they're just not for my age anymore but then I have adult books. I picked up an adult book and I couldn't 
I picked up the Little Fires Everywhere book, the one that's a Hulu series. Oh, I have I have that book. I I, I tried I tried to I started reading it and I couldn't get into it because like the main characters are like they talk about divorce, so they talk about having mm-hmm. teen kids and like I can't relate to that either because I'm I'm not married. I've never right. been married. I don't have teen kids. So it's like I still don't understand that. But then there's not a lot of book choices within the new adult kind of genre that are good because I picked up one and I read it and I was like this is this is not good <laughs> and right and I think a big part is that it's so new I think it's, it's so still new. and I don't think I think it was like accidentally done the fact that like everything was either too young or too old and I think it's because a lot of people get pub don't get pu- like they'll start writing young but they don't get published till they're older mm-hmm. so then they're probably just writing about an older generation or like maybe writing more of what they've read which is older people and even because even you look at the older books like emily dickens type books and they they might be writing about like 18 year olds but they're dealing with adult problems so even then like they speak and act as if they're 30 nowadays Mm -hmm. because right now at 18 you're not talking or thinking about the things that they were talking about and like Jane Eyre and all those books like I think they are or they're like 20 or I don't know how old Jane Eyre was but I'm sure she was much younger than 30 I think she's like 18 or 20 you know what kind of books I wish were written um to kind of go off tv shows a little bit so I've I've noticed with tv shows I should put it that way where Usually I would watch a lot of Freeform, which used to be ABC Family, I think. Yeah. And a lot of those shows. That's like YA. Yeah, that's like YA per se. But there's a show on there that hits that sweet spot of like, if they were to turn that, if they were to take that audience that they're trying to hit with that show and make it, make books out of that, I would read every single book. And it's like the the, uh, bold type. Which I've talked to you like about. Oh, I've it's seen so that. good, yeah. and I think <laughs> if they like, I don't know, because like I used to watch Gossip Girl, and I rewatched Gossip Girl over quarantine, and I still love it. It's still my favorite show of all time, and I will rewatch it as many times. But now, older, I'm like, yeah, this was really for like for teens, and I also like watching Sex in the City, but that's still a little too old for me. I, I still love the show. The characters are a little bit older. I think they're in their late twenties or early thirties, or maybe not even then. I think they're actually in their thirties. I can't remember. The bold type is like that perfect. It's the age that we're talking about. When yeah, it's the twenty five. They're all early in their careers. They're trying to figure out their their like. It's I just really like it, and I wish there were books like that because the show itself is really good and I'm sad that it doesn't get the hype that it deserves. Well, not to sound cliche, but they do say if there's a book missing on the shelf that you can't find that you should write it. So it sounds to me like you just found your next (laughs) big project, Andrea. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. All of of the books I'm currently writing are sci-fi. So I have... (laughs) Yeah, as sci-fi, I have a sci-fi novel that I'm writing, or series, um, and then another one that's, uh, I don't even know if that's, I guess that would be science fiction I don't know. It's a superhero one. Yeah, that's like they're, sci-fi. The characters are not young. Like, they're, at, I haven't established their age yet, but they're mm-hmm. not, the things they're doing are not teen things. They're very much in that 18 to 22-year-old kind of age. 
Um, but is that that tends to happen with YA? Maybe maybe that's why you kind of appeal it. Uh, it appeals because I feel yeah. like even though they are kind of whiny, even like the shows like I don't know if you ever watched like the One Hundred, they mm-hmm. tend to be around that age range where they're from like eighteen to twenties. But you don't really know because it's sci-fi, so like their age isn't that important because they're all lost anyways. You know? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. With contemporary, I do have some ideas on stories about that within that that aren't sci-fi and fantasy and the characters are that age group but I've never developed those because I don't feel comfortable in that genre because I don't read a lot of it so I've been trying to kind of read more about it to understand the language because it's definitely different I'm so used to oh I can give you some good recs yeah because it is hard to find good ones but I have a couple like there's one that I read that was really good really well written it was called soy sauce Mm -hmm. for beginners I've been wanting to read the one that you lent me, the Get a Life. Yeah. That one's more rom. That one's more like rom. Yeah. 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 Because like, I have a story idea um, where it's kind of like a, I guess like a romantic comedy type of thing. Um, But it's not the genre I'm used to. And I'm so used to setting up a world. like world building and having all of these different things in my brains of like the world needs to be built. So it's different to just jump into like a regular life kind of thing. I, th- I think that, okay. I think the problem is that when you have a show like the bold type, the difference between a show and a, and a book is that a show is made to last long term and a yeah. book is made to last a couple hundred pages. So in a book, you generally can only tackle one big problem. So you can either tackle love or you can tackle job problem or being, some type of midlife crisis or whatever, but in a show like The Bold Type, I think it appeals to you because it tackles a lot of problems, which is what we as 20-year-olds are facing. We're facing job problems and love problems and friend problems, but in a book, you can't really approach that many problems unless you do a series, you know? And actually, now that you, yeah, now that you mentioned that, the book that I did read that was targeted towards that 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 age that group that we're talking about they now that i think about it they tried to do that where they tackled multiple problems and it just i didn't find it, it was doesn't work too confusing yeah it doesn't work as a book because they had like five different characters all going through different situations like it, i think it would have worked if they had like one character first of all they shouldn't have five characters they period, should have but... five books there yeah that <laughs> yes. sounds like a five book thing like a series of like yeah five books of like the same friends but different viewpoints or whatever because yeah. even, if you think about all the big books they all tackle one thing like um, Jennifer Weiner is one of the authors I really like and she, the one that she wrote was good and bad and I really liked it but that girl was mostly struggling with I mean she was struggling with weight but the weight problem was uh, intertwined with her whole romance problem and the fact that she felt like her weight was one of the big problems with how she could find mm-hmm. a romance but she she was like you like and it does talk a little bit about their jobs and stuff but if you notice it mostly develops one big problem. Which is yeah. how we should tackle life generally. It's too much to tackle love and job and this. But in shows, it tends to tackle a lot. Because in life, you tackle all the problems together. But in a book, you can't do that. And when you try to do that, I think that's the problem. And I've kind of come to notice that. And I think like, I think that's one of the reasons that like 20, like the, the new adult, like that's one of the problems is that new adults are literally new adults. They're tackling so much. And it's not that when you're older, you stop tackling all these issues. It's that it's already established. So then a lot of things are established. You already have a normally a partner 
or already have kids. It's not or like you already had a career or yeah. yeah. And it's more even like, if you don't like it, I've noticed a lot of adult books have more to like finding yourself after having kids and a career kind of thing. Whereas like, I want a story where it's like how to find yourself during your career or like experimenting with different things. And I don't know. Yeah. And I think I actually, I think that's kind of what I've been going at a little bit. Um, and I think, so the book that I have been working on, I don't like to talk too much about my projects, but one of the things, and she would be a new adult, even though she is married, um, but it is a little bit about... Which, that's fine, because there's a lot of young young people getting married, so it's, yeah, so it's definitely... Yeah, so it is about her a little bit finding herself, but I think one of the things I really liked about it was that I was writing it in a time where my anxiety was ruling my life in a bad way. And so I accidentally implemented that into my book. Like I, and, and that point in my, I was before I started going to the psychiatrist and I was literally like breathing and living anxiety for months. So like, I guess my way of coping with that was to add it to my character. And I ended up, and I thought I was going to take it off and it was just a way for me to like write it out at that moment. But I ended up really liking that implementation because I think anxiety is one of those things that I don't read a lot about. And I thought it was interesting to add it in. That makes me want to ask you a question and you kind of, you just answered it, but, um, (laughs) but do you like to, so for me, when I think of my personal writing and everyone does it every different, like there is no formula to writing a book. Everyone kind of writes it differently. But as far as like what you put in your book, um, do you tend to use personal experiences as, like with your characters you kind of just said you you did with this one but like so for me because I write fantasy it's hard to do that but the other day someone pointed it out and I sort of did it as well without realizing it and it's with the superhero story that I'm writing um not just because she's Latina but like and I've talked to you about the story and like what where Mm -hmm. her upbringing is from and it didn't happen to me but it's something very much that is happening right now and the person that I shared the the first like couple chapters with she was like wow this is really relevant and it and you would be the perfect person to talk about this right now and I realized Mm -hmm. did I do that on purpose or like was I like she's gonna have this background or was it something that came out of experience that I hear going on on the news and everything and I realized that I did a little bit of both like when I first read it I knew she wanted I wanted her to have a relevant background and that was just like the thing that came up at the moment where I was like this is something happening something I feel strongly about and yes it's very political in a case because this person was like it's very political like do you meant do you mean to do it that way and I was like no but also I don't care that it's political I'm not afraid of my political views and um so yeah do you do that with your writing intentionally or do you kind of notice do you do that often kind of thing I think I think it's normal to kind of take what is surrounding you and put it into your writing because it's what you're going through. And that's why they say that as a writer, you like you get stuck if you're only, that's why a lot of people have been in quarantine, haven't been writing because they say like, they're not being able to experience life. And a lot of, so I like, I love observing people and like watching people have conversations. And like, I think that I mostly subconsciously add in things that I go through. 
I also sometimes do intentionally. Like the anxiety thing, I did it not intentionally. And a lot of what I add in, I don't really like to write about myself. So I kind of end up always mixing. Most of the stories I write is like a mix of like what I've seen happen to other people or seen happen on television. I think I just kind of mix in a lot of what I've seen and done. And it is good to like add a little bit of personal things, I think, because it's easier to show because you've actually gone through it. Because it's not always as simple to view, like watch something happen as to have it happen to you. But I think, I think it's easier to write about personal experiences. Yes, but I don't, I don't think I do it too much. But I do think that I do it by accident. So I, a lot of the old short stories I used to write was about, were about kids. And they talked about, and I kept writing short stories about like adoption for some reason. And I was like, why do I keep writing this? And I had no idea. And I think I subconsciously did that. And I'm not even still sure why. But like you can, when you go back and you read a lot of your writing, you can find bits and grains of things that you've gone through or that you felt or that you've wondered about, I think. I think, you know, when you're like, in high school and in class like the teachers like analyzing like oh my god we have to analyze every single word in the book and the and the character made their shirt that day blue because they were sad and you have to like sit there and analyze it and really when you're writing you're literally just like and her shirt was you look around you see a blue shirt and you're like her shirt was blue you know what i mean and then you're like in liter liter literature class and literature they're like oh my god the shirt was blue because the mood was blue and it's like nah you just saw someone with a blue shirt you know but then you i think we accidentally add things and and, I, and a lot of a, a book is not as simple as like like you said it's not simple you don't sit down and write it you have to edit it and i think the more you edit it the more you add those little details into it you add smells that you've smelled you add feelings that you felt by accident I do it a lot do you are you the type of person who plans ahead when you're writing or do you not like to plan and just you kind of mentioned this when you said you got your story idea where you're just like oh I just gotta write it because I I've tried that with a short story that idea that I got and it worked I wrote pretty much was just was on my mind but when it comes to like a book like a novel like the ones that I'm working on I don't know why I I have to plan it out and not necessarily like an outline and not super detail. Like I don't sit there and I'm like, this is going to happen at this exact moment. But I like to know that these are my characters. This is kind of what I they look like in my head. I have PowerPoints for every single one of my stories. And for my my two big ones right now, like those PowerPoints are full of like pictures of inspirations of like what I want, the places that they're going to to visit, um, what their personalities are like. I don't know why, but I just I feel like I need to know all of that stuff before writing. It has its pros and its cons because like it makes me feel prepared when I'm actually sitting down and writing. But it also kind of keeps me a little bit from writing all the way. But I have noticed that so right now with like the the two stories that I'm writing, I know the ending of them. Yeah, so I, I'm the type of person that I always know the ending of my story before the beginning. So I kind of work backwards in, in a way. I know the ending and then I'm like, how did I get to that place? And I really like that because the times that I've written without knowing the ending, I get so incredibly stuck because I'm like, I don't even know where this is going. And I can't, I, I don't finish it. So like now that I have the ending to 
two of the projects that I'm working on, I feel more like I like I know where my destination is. And now I'm just trying to figure out slowly how to get there. But I have a like a a structure to follow and not necessarily like I have to hit point A, B, C and D to get to the ending, but more of like, okay, if this is the ending, how did we get there? And also the ending changes for me and I'm okay with that. Like I'm, I'm not, I don't marry the ending. I'm not like, this is the ending. It has to be this, but I like having an idea of how the book is going to end or the series. And then I try to work back. So are you that type of planning type of person? Not at all. And you know this, and I think we've talked about this in another episode, but no, I'm not, I'm not a planner. I like to surprise myself with how it ends. Like I always have like a general view slash idea of where the story's going, like the points I want to hit and all of that. But for me, because so you actually, what you said, I thought I actually heard an author. I don't remember. I think it was the, the author of Soy Sauce for Beginners because I really liked her. So I heard an interview with her and she says that she does kind of what you're talking about. She can't really get a story done until she knows the ending. So she said that sometimes she has to wait a year or two until she gets the ending because if she doesn't have the ending that she doesn't feel like she can really work toward it. So I think, and this might be helpful for you, she waits to have the ending of the story, and once she does, she plans it backwards. That's what she said. So I think that could be interesting for you, planning it backwards, because... Yeah, I tend to do that with the stories, um, because, like, I don't know how to explain it. It's just, like, really complicated to explain, where it's, like, when I get the ending... Usually when I get a story idea, I get the ending of the story idea before I get the beginning. So, yeah. See, I'm I'm the opposite. <laughs> yeah, when I'm in the moment, I'll like I get inspiration from music from pretty much anything around me. It's really hard to tell people where you get your inspiration for a story. It could be the smallest thing. I could be getting a cup of coffee and I can see a girl and she looks really mysterious and I'm like what's her story and then like I start thinking or it could be something as simple as I listen to a song and I'm like that goes well with a scene plan the scene in your head so I mean I just told you a crazy thing about yeah. reading about my period and I got exactly <laughs> so it's definitely inspiration comes from everywhere and at different times yeah. so for, but I've noticed that all the stories I've ever written down as far as like idea wise I I've kind of know the ending not necessarily again point to point but I have a general I'm like oh that happened and then I'm like I think that's the ending of a story and then I try to work backwards and it'll slowly develop but it's still really hard I don't know why for me the hardest thing is always to sit down and write it I think it's because I feel like it's never gonna come out that's just hard yeah I feel like it's never gonna look the same from what it looks like in my head to how the words come out in my mouth from my mouth to like a writing it down and it's also very it's it's trippy I read this quote in one of my English classes in college that our teacher gave us and I really liked it and it's from the author who wrote the the killing joke which is um from like a joker story from Batman and I don't know the quote Mm -hmm. like right to the point but it was something around the lines of like writing is magic because the author's ideas are being written down into words and then people are reading those words and creating their own pictures. And that's kind of like magic. And yeah, I think I read that somewhere. Yeah. And it's so weird to think that 
and that if I'm writing something, like someone's going to read it and they're going to be like, why is that person doing this and that? And I know I like, I shouldn't care what people think, but it's, it's, I do. (laughs) So, yeah, no, I think, okay. So I just, when you were talking, I was thinking about how you said you kind of sit there and you mull around the story until you get the ending i think you basically Mm -hmm. when you sit down to write i think you basically are already on your second draft because for me what you're doing in your head i do on paper so i can't sit there because i don't have good memory so i for and also for me i think what gets you started is the ending for me what a big motivation is always the character i always start with the character so once i can fully see a character moving like the the book that I started, um, we had been talking about starting book forever, and I kept being like, "Oh, I'm not sure." And I knew what I wanted it to be like mainly about, but it wasn't until one day I was driving to work that I saw this lady walking her dog, but like dragging her dog. That I saw that image that I saw my character, and once I saw my character, and this is what happened last night, my character started talking, and I fully saw like the mom and the daughter. And in in the bookcase, I fully saw the character walking her dog, and she was so pissed. So. Then it's like, I know how it's going to start. I am seeing the character move. Then a lot of times that's why I don't, I have problems later and I have to fully develop other things. There's not as much as like that much of the, like the character is what I mostly develop in my head. And I feel like once the character comes alive, for me, that's the book. That's the story. So I know that they say like, that it shouldn't just be that. But I think for me, that's always been a really important thing. So when I do that is I take this character and I just kind of, see and walk her through so when I'm writing my first draft I'm still kind of telling myself the story which happens and even even you that you have planned it might happen but for me then I get to the end and I'm like oh that's the end so I kind of like let it all come to me and it's almost like an outline so you're just putting it all together making a mess of words and putting the story and then when I go and I edit it I already know the ending so to me it sounds like you're doing kind of what I'm doing in my first draft you're doing in your head I just I would not be able to sit there and remember all of those details <laughs> so I need to get it on paper I have like a really weird yeah I have like playlist for each story that I have of songs that I listen to to get in the mood to write and sometimes when I'm not in the mood to write or I don't want to like sit and write down I'll still listen to those songs it'll be like a movie playing in my head and as far as characters though I do believe characters your story should always focus around characters and not storylines and that's really hard in fantasy because a lot of you mean yeah with plot because um I notice that a lot with fantasy novels is like there's so much world building at the beginning but then you never hear about it again and then it's like that was useless information or they focus too much on the outside that they don't if something happens to the main character, I don't care. So I definitely do think character development is probably the most important thing for your story. It doesn't matter if your story takes place on Mars, on a the bottom of the ocean, or at a picnic table. Like character development is so important. I mean, for me, for me, setting has always been like my weakness, and I think it's. I think one of the big things is that when I read books, I mostly skip through setting (laughs) like I read the paragraph where it describes the setting and I kind of jump through it because it bores me like for me like I get I get that you need to have a little visual image of like how the room looks or the city or whatever but for me I always have found setting boring always always so I've always skipped through it kind of like I don't do it on purpose I try to read it but my mind just kind of like forgets 
So whenever I write, I kind of do that too. Yeah, there's some authors are really good at it and some are not. I I don't know where I fall under that yet because in my head I have the idea, but I obviously I, I don't know if I'm writing it down the way. But I, I agree with you because I read stories where the, like an entire chapter, half like 80% of a chapter will be like, the room was a square and it was chilly and there was a coffee mug. It's like, I don't care about that. If that's going to add to your story, okay. But if it's not relevant, why is it in there? And when I when I write, I really like writing. I really like reading stories that have little sprinkles of like, they give you information and then it kind of comes back up like a little puzzle, a little clue, a little crumb. And then later on- right when they reveal something you're like oh wait and then you think about that small moment you're like wait that was foreshadowing something and I really like stories like that so I do the best I can to write stories like that not super you also have to be careful with with foreshadowing because sometimes it's incredibly obvious no but you know what I've noticed most of the times foreshadowing like I kind of do it by accident a little bit in the beginning and then when you go back and edit is when you realize that you did it and then you can kind of fix it. But I don't think, I feel like you said, I don't think too much foreshadowing is good. But I think it's when you notice that you did it by accident or you have like a little hint of something that you can create into foreshadowing. I don't think you should force it at all because then it's a problem. Yeah, I don't think you should definitely, I don't think it should be in every chapter as well. I think whatever you use for foreshadowing, it has to be purposeful. You can't just be like, oh, I dropped my towel. And then later she trips on the towel. Like that's not... If if it doesn't play into the yeah. overall concept, I don't think it's necessarily. I was like, but if you have like a character where you know at the sometime at the future they're gonna um I don't know, do something big, like they're gonna go on an adventure or something, and then you kind of foreshadow at the beginning of like their I'm trying to think of a story that does this really well. Actually, Game of Thrones did this really well. And not just the the TV show, but like the actual books they did a really good job of like leaving clues of like who's gonna be they did it with prophecies um which is like a huge thing that a lot of fantasies do is that they give you a prophecy and then you kind of figure that out and some some books do it really well i think game of thrones did it really well there's some prophecies in some fantasy books where i'm like this is really cheesy and you already know the answer to it um Harry Potter does a really good job of it where they also set up of like, you know, Harry Potter is going to be the one and everything and is the one that's going to kill the, the evil person. And so I think some books do it really well and then some don't because I've also read books where they give you foresh- foreshadowing and then they don't, they try to be super out out there and change everything so pretty little liars is one of those it bothered me so much with like all of these foreshadowings that they would do with like who a could be and at the end they gave you a completely different thing because most people had picked up on who a was for eight seasons right yeah so they were like oh no they caught on to us now we have to give them something completely off and then you're like that was dumb because it wasn't even a good twist it was just you trying to not do it or what about like gossip girl where they tried to like play it off as if it was like multiple people that we're not gonna say who it is because i don't want to ruin it for anybody but like that little part really pissed me off yeah that too yeah that 
I did. I also didn't. Because no way that many people can write in the same manner. Like, come on, we're writers. We know that. Like, if you have eight people, they wouldn't write like that. <laughs> There's no way that many people could hack a system. And it's the same thing with like who A was. They they had so many different A's, and you're just like, what? So I think you have to be careful. But it goes back to those are shows that have seasons in where sometimes it gets a little yeah it gets a little sloppy but with a book I think you could it could be done pretty well if it's like a two three series book Um, honestly book 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 break real quick I think one of the reasons that a lot of um European shows are so much more like are better than American shows not trying to like shit on american shows they're good too but one of the things is that if you notice all the european shows they're always like short each season is short they're like six eight episodes and uh, american shows they have each like like i've been watching the vampire diaries all over again and each season has like 23 episodes so when you have seven seasons with 23 episodes like it's gonna get too much and it's gonna get like to a point where everything's too repetitive or like things are too obvious and i think that's part of the problem because even though it's like annoying when you have the british shows that you're like oh my god only six episodes but that's what keeps the intrigue when you have so much like it gets kind of annoying sometimes like i have seen so many american shows that i'm like uh and i haven't finished like most of the ones that have that many seasons i haven't finished i have to like go back to it later i don't know so i just want to take a short book break and mention that <laughs> no yeah but it, it also happen it also happens in books because there's a series and I don't know if I should say it because I don't want to shit on it. No, I'm not gonna shit on it. But <laughs> there's a series and just say it and if it's bad um, you'll cut it out. <laughs> okay. There's a series called Throne of Glass, which is it sounds a lot like Game of Thrones, but it's like a it's a young adult uh fantasy series, and I really enjoyed the first two books but I think there's like six or seven books now and I just you can tell that sometimes and this also happens with another author who I think her name is Cassandra Clare and I know I'm probably gonna get a lot of hate because like she's beloved by a lot of people and her books aren't bad it's just you don't need 20 books in the same series because at at one point sometimes books start to get sloppy and I can't say anything about her because I haven't read any of her books just because there are a lot but like it happened with Twilight where Twilight has how many I think they have three or four books has four and the first the first one was good New Moon everybody hates on New Moon but it was like necessary for the third book I think it was just a setup for the third book it could be shorter actually it could have been added I don't know I don't know what they could have done but it just there's some books that are just a transition and they're not good. And I think you need to be careful with how long, when it comes to planning for a series, because I'm going to be honest, a lot of the story ideas that I have are more of that series type of storyline. But I know how long it's going to be. I know like one series is, I'm planning it to be four books. But I, And I hope that when it comes to, if they get published or anything, that it stays at four books, even though... You also have to understand the publishing side of everything, where sometimes if an author does really well with a book, they want to pump out as many as they can because of money-wise. So, like, that's tricky, but I haven't gotten to that part, and I hope that when I come to that part, I have a little bit of say in... It's a beautiful dream, but, you know. (laughs) But it's it's interesting. I don't know. I'm excited when we get to that, because both of us are really 
we're pretty much noobs to this whole thing. We're like really, yeah, we're really far. <laughs> <laughs> like we like the. I think it's a dream for both of us to be published and to mm-hmm. have that. And one day we will get there. I believe in us. I think we're both talented enough, and I think we've worked hard. If we if we're at the beginning and we worked this hard, I know one day both of us are going to be on shelves and. We're going to take a trip to Barnes and Nobles and we're going to find each other's books and we're going to take pictures with it. And oh my God, and we can sign each other's books. <laughs> we can sign each other's books. <laughs> um, but because we're so new, there's still a lot that we also have to learn. And it's kind of scary to think of like everything because we haven't even really, I think there's different steps to it and everyone will tell you different things of what you should be doing. But at the end of the day, every kind of, trip to getting published is different like I've heard interviews with authors and podcasts with writers of like how they got published and what they went through and every single one is different no one follows like a traditional path right I think that's why I mean I think that's like anything in life like you just have to follow your own path and if if we all did the same exact thing we'd have the same book over and over again I actually wanted to ask you, even like, I know we talked about series and not series, because I don't really do series, you do a little bit of both, which is like, a, honestly, more of a sci fi thing, I've noticed. But when you when you be- when you start your writing process, is there something that you like struggle with at the beginning? For me, I always, I kind of get this character together, and I start writing. And then within like, maybe 10 pages into the book, or 10,000 words. I'm not sure where the 10 hits there, but it's like a little bit into it. After a couple of chapters, I realized that I don't know where the story is going. And then I have to sit down, have to take a little bit of a break and in my head, rethink what the important things I need to talk about in this book. So I'll have like, this is a character because I can't, for me, I can't really do that until I fully know my character. And I don't fully know my character until I've written into the book a little bit. So once I've written into the book, I know like what characters have appeared so normally by then I have like the main characters already in there like whether it's a husband or a friend or a dog or whatever and so I already know who is in the book and where the book is type thing so at that point it's kind of where I sit down and I'm like okay what are like important things that I need for this to get to the end because I do have a general idea normally of the end so I will sit down then and you and you've seen this when I wrote my first book I like called you a million times and I was like I'm stuck I don't know what to do and I had to keep writing like 2,000 words a day and it was hard because I didn't know what to do all two books that I've written <laughs> that I, first drafts guys um that like within those pages I get stuck and it's probably because I don't plan, but I have tried to plan beforehand and it does not work out. I just end up making a mess of it and not correctly. And I don't finish the book because it's, I can't with, when it's already figured out for me, I feel like it's not worth it. It's kind of like when I, when I watch a movie before I read a book, I can't read the book. <laughs> Cause like I already have the visual, you get me? I begin writing, I'm really into it, and then suddenly I get really stuck and it takes me like a little, I have to step back actually. I have to step back and I, almost always end up going into a bookstore and buying a book about about how to write a book and I have a like six of them and then I go through them I start reading through them and within like a couple chapters something clicks somewhere and so I have started like three of those books already (laughs) and then I'm like oh okay that is what's gonna help and then I kind of figure out the three or at least the next thing that's gonna happen and I can work towards it what about you Andrea so I kind of in a similar way, I have trouble starting the book and not necessarily starting as in like 
The first starting word. Starting as in, yeah, but I mean more starting the beginning of a story. Because, again, since I get the ending, um, once I get the ending, most of, like, if you were to open up my Google Drive and seeing, if you were to see, like, what stories I've written so far, they don't start at the very first page. They start somewhere in between. Once it's getting to that ending, closer to the ending. So, for me, it's hard to start the story at the beginning because so you're backwards I, yeah yeah i'm doing it backwards and then once i get closer to it i'm like this is boring <laughs> um or i don't <laughs> i never i never like it so oops sorry how hiccups but so yeah so for me it's always like actually the beginning and another thing that's really tricky for me is actually sitting down and writing because sometimes i give myself too many excuses of and why i could be doing something else but that's why i loved it when we would do it together we'd be like okay we're gonna write for 20 minutes right now yes but yeah i definitely think i've had but also i try not to be hard on myself because i've done a good job of writing right now during quarantine i mean i'm not at the goal that i wish i was but at least I'm doing something because I didn't think I was going to be writing for a lot. And I've, and again, I'm not writing every single day. I'm not writing once a week. I'm writing whenever I'm in the mood to write, because one thing I don't want writing to become is like a chore. And you've said this before, like, I don't want it to be a chore. Um, I want it to be something fun. So whenever I'm like, you know what, I kind of want to write a scene today. I'll just pop up and start writing. And then if I only wrote for 20 minutes, yay. And the other day I wrote for two hours. I remember in high school, I really, is when I knew I wanted to to write. But I never felt the courage to do so because everybody around you, at least for me, everybody around me, like would always have something to say when I said that I wanted to be a creative writer. Um, And the one that I'll never forget is I had... We, it was like in an English class and I wrote a short story or whatever. And I had, so I'm Hispanic. So I have lots of names. <laughs> I have like four names. I have my first, my middle and my two last names. And it wasn't a, she was a, he, he made a comment of like, if, well, if you're going to become a professional writer, you're going to have to change your name because no one's going to buy your book if your name is that long. And Obviously, now looking at it as an adult, first of all, who the fuck are you to be saying that to a child? Second of all, um, it's a lie because... It's a random thing to say. <laughs> it's a random thing to say. Uh, well, no, it wasn't random because we were talking about... It, I don't remember what it was exactly. We were either talking about careers or we were sharing stories and he made a comment like that. So then... But I still feel like that's a, like... There's so much to being an author that's like the last thing that I know. you need to be worrying about. And I realized at that moment, like... If you're a young author, if you're a young writer and you're in high school, just start writing. Like I have notebooks from when from my math classes. I suck at math, like mm-hmm. really bad. And I don't just say that like <laughs> I suck at math. Like I literally have a hard time understanding math and I get frustrated and everything. But I've kept all of my math notebooks because yeah, we used to use notebooks, not laptops. And I have all of them. Which is way better. I know. Sorry. I have. <laughs> yeah, they are really, though. I have all of them, not because I like math, not because of anything sentimental as far as math goes, but because if you were to see my math notebooks, you would see algebra on one side and then on the other side, a poem. And it's because <laughs> I, <laughs> I would just like halfway through math, like 10 minutes into math class, I would zone out and start scribbling. And I never knew. And then you wonder why you don't understand math. Right? (laughs) And I never knew, like, 
what I was writing. It was just me scribbling random words. And then I found my notebooks the other day and I just found it so funny that you would have like a math equation and I wouldn't even finish writing the equation. I would just start doodling a little like octopus or something and then like a little poem to go with it. Or I would draw like a little person and it would be like, I would have her name on there and she ended up becoming a main character in one of the stories I'm writing right now. And it's just, it's good to see that. So if you're in high school, listen in math, a, but also, but you don't really need it, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I mean, not if you're going to be a writer, but you might need it if you're like an engineer. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But like, just write and I know that's very generic to say, like, just write, but really just write and do it on anywhere. You do it on notebooks, do it anywhere. And if it's private, that's okay. Like, because you're a writer, it doesn't mean right off the bat you have to share with everyone. Like, write for yourself first because you have to be proud of whatever you're writing. And try writing short stories. I read this, you know, like, I don't know if this happened. Well, yeah, this happens to everyone because that's how advertising works. But when you're watching a YouTube video and if you've been Googling <laughs> stuff, it'll put ads on your videos. Yeah. So I've been getting ads on this masterclass video thing with this lady. I don't know who she is and it's probably bad that I don't is know. Is it Joan? Joan? It's like an old lady? Yeah, she's like this old lady. Because my she- mom paid for the masterclass, so I have them all right now. I'm like, ah, I want to do them all. <laughs> I keep seeing her um her little trailer, her little ad, and then she says something that I take away. Like, I took away, and I'm like, it made me want to buy the class, but I was like, no, it's really expensive. So I was like, but she says, the hard if it's really hard for you to finish a novel or something like that, then maybe just focus on short stories because our brains like to feel like they accomplish something, and that's how we keep pushing ourselves forward. And I, when she said that, I was like, wow. I never realized it, but uh, my brain works like that. I need small tasks to complete to feel accomplished. So maybe that's one of the reasons I haven't been able to completely finish a novel is because it's very daunting to write mm-hmm. an entire novel. It so is. So if you're in high school and you want to start writing, don't feel like you have to start writing a novel right away. I mean, if you do, go for it. But if you feel like it's daunting, it's okay. Focus on short stories and keep track of everything because when you're our age, old and wrinkly, it's really cute to see your work and put a date on it. I have I used to write dates on mine. And looking at it now, I'm like, oh, I remember what I was doing in math class on Tuesday, April, whatever year. I don't know why in my head one day I'm going to be like a famous author and then I'm going to be like, do you see this math book? This idea came up when I was learning about fractions or whatever, pyramids. Why does your accent change? (laughs) Because I want to be a fancy person. You country because you're old or something? Yes. Um, That's my rich person voice. Thank you very much. Oh. Okay, so I, I didn't really realize I wanted to be a writer till like two years ago, but I was just following my writing passion, which is why I studied that. I used to write in like middle school and in high school, but it wasn't really something like my, I always went through like the IB track and, all, and, and like the magnet school. So I never got to do like extracurricular stuff where I could write or like do extra writing classes or anything, but I did always enjoy that those assignments in my language art classes I don't know if maybe because so I did creative writing as a major and that meant that I had to write a lot of short stories Andrea so I don't know if because you did um what what was your major called um I did more like marketing so editing writing and media EWM yeah editing writing and media Mm -hmm. yeah 
So you you didn't apart from like the the cre- little creative writing creative writing courses you did you didn't really get into the big workshops which I think were way like those were my favorite classes later in my major because you have to you have to like do a couple of things before you can go into one of those because I had to do a couple of technique classes where it would be like half workshop half technique and those felt a little like elementary to me but the workshops were all about writing and you would write shorts a lot of short stories. Hmm. So for me, NaNoWriMo, National Novel Writing Month, um, which is a nonprofit that, like, they do it every November. You guys, if you should look into it. You can do it from any age. They give a lot of resources and they give a lot of support. And that was really what pushed me. Doing that with Andrea, that's what really pushed me to do my first book because it was, like, a big goal. And once you get to the 50,000 words, like, you're almost done with your book, which is, like, the goal for the that November month. Um, you're almost done with your book, so it's encouraging to keep going. Because I think it wasn't until I got to around that place that I was like, oh my god, I might as well finish now. Because even when I was at 25,000, it was still like, oh, I still have so much left. The thing that NaNoWriMo taught me, which is what I've really used and what has really helped me write a novel, is um, me and Andrea just call it write-ins, but really um, it's kind of like you set timers um 20 minute sets so you would do you could start actually in in the first writing writing that they did on youtube they started with a five minute one so you they say ready go they do a five minute writing section so everybody writes for five minutes and then you have a a two minute break and you just kind of talk and you relax and then you write for 10 minutes and then you relax and then you write for 15 minutes and then you relax and then you write for 20 and you can kind of build up so me and Andrea would do that. We would do, I think it would do like 10 and then 20 and then 20. And then I think eventually we would do like 20, 30, 30. I don't know. You can figure it out. But those little time sets of times really helped me. So uh, yeah, for sure. And it's all about just trial and error. Keep trying new things and just see what works for you. Um, if you're a new writer, I definitely suggest you watch. Um, if And if you're a visual learner, because I'm a visual learner. And I also learn by hearing things. I recommend watching on YouTube this girl named Abby Emmons, and she does a really good job of breaking down different parts of a story. And she doesn't tell you how to write. She just gives you all the different types of ways to write a certain thing. So, like, if you need help how to write a villain, she kind of does research on, like, different ways people have written villains, and she gives you actual book examples and movie examples. So that way you can see all of them and see which one best fits you. Um, so I definitely recommend watching her videos. Um, do you have anyone you would recommend? I like the Grant Faulkner and what was her name? Uh, it's called Right Minded. That podcast kind of like it's short. It's like, I think 20 minute episodes. And I, I always thought it was nice because they give you like an assignment each week and you don't have to do it. I mostly don't. <laughs> but I like like I think the way they talk is nice because they either interview somebody or they just talk about like they're just encouraging the whole time. I think there's a lot of write-ins that they do through YouTube lives that I think are helpful because I just think doing it with other people is what encourages you. So um, they have a lot of resources. So it's spelled N-A, like national, N-O-W-R-I-M-O. So if you go to www.nanoremo.org, they have so many resources. They have podcasts. They have books. They have um, newsletters. And a lot of it, most of it is actually free. Because they're a nonprofit, I believe. So those are our recommendations. And if you ever have a question, like feel free to reach us out on social media and we'll ask or we'll answer them. 
as well. Again, we're not professionals. We're still pretty new to this, but we have a little bit of experience with like NaNoWriMo or anything. Um, or if you just want to chat with us and say hi, we'll love that. Yeah, leave us a review on iTunes. Um, we read all of them, all two, three of them. I think we have three of them right now. I think we've read all three of them. Um, we'll read. We'll continue to read them all. We love to hear from you guys. Please like us on Spotify. Follow us on Instagram. Honestly, guys, we are so happy to have the support of you guys. And I know, and like, honestly, I can't even believe, like, I think we have like 30 listeners, which I still can't believe we have 30 listeners. <laughs> it's a lot of people. <laughs> I know. I know. And I love, I love like listening to people when we ask things on Instagram. So sometimes we'll play like fun little games on Instagram and I love seeing everyone's response and yeah, it makes us, it makes our day. Yeah, I love hearing people what they think about yeah, each episode. It makes so, our day. So please, so yeah, please reach out to leave us. us something to let us know that there's someone out there. We love you all very much and appreciate you taking your time to listen to our podcast. See you next Tuesday. Sounds nice. Ooh.